Maybe you remember Kevin Durant at the University of Texas for that one year. I fell head over heels for Kevin Durant. So now I'm on first take and I start to criticize the Thunder point guard for daring to have the audacity to take more shots than Kevin Durant. And what did Kevin do to me? Me, your biggest fan. Kevin, you can't. That guy doesn't know anything about basketball, said Kevin Durant. What? And I was a little hurt and a lot offended. Why does Skip Bayless sound so hurt here? Like, to be fair, is Kevin Durant wrong? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Yo, Skip sounds like a hurt ex-girlfriend. <laughs> like, It's like, I defended you when Russell Westbrook took those shots and you hurt my feelings. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. Are we being trolled right now, Mike? What the fuck? Can I walk off right now? <laughs> Such a bully! You don't deserve LeBron James, all right? It's insane. And you deserve exactly what happened to Chicago over the past decade. <laughs> so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break up? <laughs> Bro! <laughs> Kidding! Was it because you were bad at basketball? Yeah. Yes! So I don't know if it's the fact that Grayson Allen just absolutely Grayson Allen, Alex Caruso, or the fact that Mike Corzemba knew that we'd absolutely roast the Chicago Bulls on today's pod, but it's just Coop and I today. So what's going on, guys? What's up, Coop? Yo, what's going on, guys? Um, yeah, I think Mike Corzemba definitely wanted to dodge the smoke today. Chicago Bulls <laughs> losing to the Orlando Magic. Not exactly ideal. Jalen Suggs dunking on DeMar DeRozan. Not exactly ideal. But I'm not here to judge. We are here to bring you guys another great episode of Laced Up. Welcome to the podcast. Flight Mike, go ahead, get us started. First, I wanted to open up with the apology that we didn't do our twice a week upload last week between... Corzemba not feeling so well and myself moving. It's been tough to, you know, get to the regular schedule. But the plan is two pods a week. We're going to be uploading the episodes onto Spotify and Apple Music six hours earlier because it doesn't you don't have to see our faces. So it's a little bit easier to get that out there. So make sure you're followed on Apple and Spotify. If you want to leave us some feedback there as well, that'd be appreciated. And let's get this started, man, because I woke up to some really strange news. And I think you and I both made YouTube videos on this coop. You remember when James Harden came out? Well, Mark Stein came out and said that James Harden is quote unquote open to relocation this offseason. So Another report came out today from Shams Charania and Sam Amick of The Athletic, which you and I could both agree, very reputable sources, you know, probably the most reputable, you know, they're on like the Woj tier in terms of insiders that said that the Philadelphia 76ers are okay with not trading Ben Simmons in before the trade deadline and they are angling for a trade for James Harden in the offseason. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And I mean, even if you don't mess with Ben Simmons at this point, like how could you not feel a little bad for Ben Simmons? But also, how could you not feel a little bad for Joel Embiid? 
I mean, Joel Embiid has absolutely been having an MVP caliber season. And here, the GM of the 76ers stands talking about like, yo, okay, well, we're going to wait for James Harden, who, by the way, is going to be like, what, 33 or 34 next season? So you also have to take that into account because his prime doesn't exactly line up with the prime of Joel Embiid. If I'm the 76ers, I'm looking and I'm like, hey, the league is kind of open right now. Uh, You know, the Brooklyn Nets are not 100%. Kyrie's a part-time player. You know, uh, the Eastern Conference is incredibly open. Joel's killing it. Why not strike while the iron is hot? I don't think the 76ers are that far away from, you know, being that team. So in the article, it says over the past seven months, the 76ers have discussed deals around players like De'Aaron Fox, Indiana's Demata Sabonis, Toronto's Pascal Siakam. But organizationally, they have felt that those players were not championship altering perfect fits on the roster. Um, Also, I'm sure you've heard when I'm sure you've heard that the Detroit Pistons offered Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olynyk, and a first round pick, which the Sixers also turned down. And Jeremy Grant is one of the like top trade chips this year. So. The fact that the Sixers are declining all of this, apparently, at least according to this article, the thought is they aren't so short-sighted. They have Embiid under contract until the 2026 season and hell, even the 2027 season if Embiid opts in, which he probably won't because no player ever opts in. And they're thinking we need to get the best fit and make the best move for us to put us in contention for a championship Um, to give us the greatest chance of a championship. I think they just don't want to repeat like the Jimmy Butler trade or the Tobias Harris trade, which were really good in-season trades, but it didn't result in a championship. Well, with the James Harden trade, they're incredibly short-sighted. Like I said, James Harden's going to be like 33, 34. On top of that, James Harden may want like $60 million. So that, I mean, that's a lot of money for James Harden. Now, you know, if the if the 76ers are willing to give him that, you know, I definitely think he's worth it. He's James freaking Harden. But, you know, that could be something that they definitely at least have to think about. I can't believe they think that De'Aaron Fox is not like a championship player, like based on what? The fact that he's been in Sacramento. I don't think that's fair. I also think Halliburton is also a guy that if even if you don't like Fox, okay, what about Halliburton? Halliburton's a beast. I think Halliburton has like, all-star potential. I think he has beyond all-star potential. I think he's going to be a really good player in the NBA. So, I mean, you know, I'm with Maury. I get it. Look, you don't want to just rush into a move, but at the same time, like, Joel, his last 17 games, he's averaging, what, 33.8 points per game, 10 rebounds per game. He's been knocking down the three ball. This guy's hitting step backs. He He's doing Joel Embiid things. And I just don't want to see this season go to waste because I know they're, I, I just don't think they're that far away. Yeah, 41% from three over the last 17 games is absolutely remarkable. Um, it's kind of crazy because 
Yeah, I know the 76ers currently are technically in sixth place at the time that we're recording this video. They're 27 and 19, but they are literally two and a half games behind first place. I mean, sorry, they're literally two and a half games behind the Brooklyn Nets for second place and three and a half games behind the Miami Heat for first place. The East is literally neck and neck which is fantastic, by the way. For the first time, anyone could really come out of the East. And I think the 76ers, I'm actually on board with what they're doing here. Ben Simmons is like their last opportunity to get a home run type of uh, player on this team. The only thing is, I don't think you're going to get a good haul in return for Ben Simmons until Ben Simmons starts playing games. You know, like I you're seeing this happen with John Wall too. John Wall's kind of sitting down and we're going to get to a potential John Wall to the Los Angeles Lakers rumor a little bit later in the pod. So stay tuned. But you have the Rockets sitting down John Wall and he's not really playing. And as a result, not a lot of teams are interested in trading for him. You saw the same uh, you saw the same thing happen with Andre Drummond last year. The Cavaliers shut him down and eventually he was bought out. And this year with Ben Simmons, the last memory I have with Ben Simmons is choking against the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference semifinals last year. So no one's really thinking, oh, Ben Simmons could solve our issues and I'm willing to give up like two first round picks and a star player for him. And that's how it's going to be possibly until the summer. And I think Ben's okay with that. I don't know if Ben's necessarily okay with that. And I think the longer that this goes on, I think the more his value declines. Um, Like you said. And until he starts playing basketball, if I'm a team, you know, he's a he's a question mark. And I don't I, I don't know, man. And you're like, OK, you like what they're doing. If you don't like De'Aaron Fox, if you're not a crazy fan of Halliburton, if you don't like Jeremy Grant, if you don't like Malcolm Brogdon, who are you looking at? What stars do you see becoming available besides James Harden? That can't be your only option. So what I think that, I think what, what stars do you think that they could trade for in the near future? That would put them over that hump since, you know, they're not crazy about some of those players, which I I think they might like Halliburton and which if they do, that's that's good because I love Halliburton. From what this article is saying, the Sixers were very much interested in Halliburton. I mean, the article says for Simmons, the 76ers have asked the Kings for guard Tyrese Halliburton and multiple first round picks and asked even for a package around John Collins and multiple first round picks from from the Hawks. But they wanted but they wanted the Hawks to take on Tobias Harris too. The problem with that Halliburton stuff is also like as Ben values the de- value declines, Halliburton's value is just going up. This guy's been killing it for Sacramento. He's averaging like 27 and seven or something in games that De'Aaron Fox doesn't play. Uh, Fox just missed another game like the other night and Halliburton went off again. So, you know, you got values going in inv- inverse directions. Um, I don't know, man. I, I hope the 76ers do uh, know what they're doing because, you know, I, I like Joel and I would love nothing more to see than to see a guy like Joel go out and, you know, get that championship. Yeah, he's really passionate. And honestly, I think we're all kind of at least the old heads or like the mild old heads, because I remember and I think you remember a time where centers were very dominant in the NBA. Um, not to say that we're old you just, heads, but you just tried be- to call me old, bro. No. You tried to sneak it in there. It's all good. <laughs> I called us old. I called us old. Dude, 28's the new 52. <laughs> Call you old. I don't want to be old. 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's all good. Um, it's all good. No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I want to see, like, a dominant center in the NBA. You know, like, it's been a minute since, like, the NBA has ran through a center. Do you, so consider, cool. do you consider Giannis a center? I consider him a forward. You know, like, for me, when I think center, you know, obviously, I think the total embodiment of a modern NBA center is Joel Embiid. You know, he could play with his back to the basket and do those old school moves, but he could also step back and literally shoot 41% from three while attempting three threes a game over the last 17 games. And he's really passionate and I don't know, uh, he has a great personality. I always used to make this joke where I'd say Joel Embiid belongs in Los Angeles just because of his personality. He'd crush it in Hollywood. You know, everyone loves him on and off the court. Um, I hope, what? Why, why I you, just why got you, you said he belongs in LA. What? Bro, bro oh listen. My God. What? No, what? What? No. How did how, I how was did like, you turn everything up? What, I was what? like passively listening and then you're like, I think he belongs in LA. And, and that just went in and out. And I'm like, wait, belongs in LA. Oh, that's crazy. God damn it, I almost got you too. <laughs> That um, would ultimately, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that would be that definitely at least be interesting, <laughs> but. <laughs> Also, guys, while you're here, this podcast, Laced Up, is also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would be awesome if you could go check us out there, follow us there, and leave us a review. Yeah, so guys, we are capping off the giveaway to the first 40,000 subscribers that turn on our notifications for the Laced Up podcast. All you have to do to enter for a chance to win a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X is subscribe, hit that notification bell, if you want to do us a favor, leave a like on the pod and let me know in the comment section down below when it's done. You'll enter for a chance to win a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X. Ultimately, man, I think uh, this report is 100% factually correct. I don't know the odds of the um, uh, Sixers getting James Harden, but I do think Harden's thinking, well, you know, Daryl Morey practically worshipped me, got me the best head coach that played to my strengths, got me my potential best supporting cast. When I told him I didn't like Chris Paul, he got rid of Chris Paul when I told him I didn't like Dwight Howard. He didn't bring back Dwight Howard. It's kind of funny. The article actually goes in and kind of takes a shot at Dwight Howard saying, especially considering the reality that Harden's never played with uh, a big man as dynamic and dominant as Embiid. But I don't know. I think Harden is thinking that, hey, I could go to Philadelphia and uh, pretty much have the best team Daryl Morey's ever built around me, a guy that will always have my back, put me in situations to succeed and close out my career over there. That's only if things don't go well in Brooklyn. If Kyrie Irving still does, you know, Kyrie Irving things off the court, which you never know, he's kind of a wild card. If things don't work out with Kevin Durant, because the Brooklyn Nets are an awesome team. So it really depends on how the season ends and how much James Harden's involved and contributes to the success of the Brooklyn Nets. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, you know, I'm with you, and I agree with what you said, bro, like 100%. Like, I, I'm rooting for James Harden, and I know a lot of people don't like the Brooklyn Nets, but I'm rooting for them, too. I, I really want to see Harden get his ring. That's one thing. I, You know, I, I'm in Houston right now, so I love James Harden. That's my guy. You Going to Rockets games have not hit the same without James. But uh, – what I was going to say is I really do wonder what the landscape of the NBA is going to look like next season, because there's just so many moving parts. And like, 
you just know there's going to be so much movement. And also, how does this really make us feel about like Doc Rivers? Because if the Philadelphia 76ers are this good this year and the Hawks are, you know, this bad at the moment, you know, showing some signs of life, then I think you really have to look and be like, hey, this team really could have beaten the Atlanta Hawks without Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. I think they're uh, kind of proving that this season that they didn't really that they don't necessarily need Ben Simmons and they just have this asset just sitting down waiting to be traded. So obligatory Lakers talk, obviously. One, Anthony Davis is coming back. His injury and the injury report got upgraded. So we should see him return at some point this week. Yay. I wish I, I, I really would be more enthusiastic, but we were asked even when Anthony Davis was on the court, only like he was perform, he was, he wasn't performing well as well. And on top of that, we have a really interesting rumor that we've heard uh, about the Los Angeles Lakers. But before we get to that, let's discuss Anthony Davis a little bit. How much do you think the Lakers improve with Anthony Davis returning to uh, the lineup? I don't know if it'll show in the record, but they get way better. No offense, Mike, but I don't know what y'all were doing when y'all constructed your roster. Like some of the bigs on the roster, um, you know, not great, not great. So Anthony Davis immediately moves into being by far the best big on that roster. And I think just that's going to be amazing. I even think it's going to help out Russell Westbrook a little bit, who I know you have some mixed feelings for. Uh, I'm trying to hold it back because that's the like rumor part of it. There's actually two big traits that the Lakers were trying to make. Like one is kind of more of a stretch, which we'll get to. And that's the Russell Westbrook potential trade. But another trade they tried to make was they apparently, and this is from Mark Stein as well. They dangled Talon Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and their last remaining first round pick of the next decade, which is the 2027 first round pick. And it's an exaggeration. They have picks after that, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, so they could, and tried to trade for Jeremy Grant, which makes some interesting lineups for the Lakers in the sense that you could have Jeremy Grant come off the bench. You could run Anthony Davis and Jeremy Grant lineups. You lose pretty much the only trade pieces you have at this point. And I agree. The team is really poorly constructed. I mean, I think I've said, I think we've said this on the pod before you could get away with being a top heavy team. If your top three players are really freaking good. But like if you look at team, but there's also ways to do it where you have depth. I mean, you look at the Brooklyn Nets and it's not just James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you know, like there's Joe Harris, you know, they have Cam Thomas, they have Nick Claxton, they have Patty Mills and it's just, yeah, they have some old guys as well. They have LaMarcus Aldridge and, you know, Blake Griffin and they're getting rid of Paul Millsap, but there's ways to do both. And I feel like for the Lakers, they were just way too oh, we have Trevor Ariza and Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook, a former MVP. We just traded for him. And uh, and it literally feels like Frank, it literally feels like Rob Palinka sometimes looks at our roster and says, oh, I could have player, player good at basketball. Let me add to team without even thinking, hey, how could these players all play together? Do they play off of each other well? Does it make sense to include them on the court with one another? And I feel like that's the Lakers' downfall, unfortunately. So how, much, team how much do you blame Palenka for bringing in, and how much do you br blame Braun 
for bringing in Russell Westbrook. That's the one thing. I, that's the one thing I have no idea. I don't. I feel like Polinka doesn't go out and just trade for Russell Westbrook for no reason. You know what I mean? There has to be. There has to be like him going to Braun saying, "Yo, Braun, do you think we should trade for Russell Westbrook? Should we trade our depth and all of our role players for Russell Westbrook?" Or do you think we should go about it in a different way? And bear in mind, Russell Westbrook was plan B. He wasn't option A. He was plan B. So Damian Lillard was plan A. And we'll get to Damian Lillard later on in the pod as well. Um, I I think they both like get 100% of the blame. One, I expect significantly more from LeBron James. I mean, he has one of the best, if not the best, basketball IQs in the NBA. Can we agree on that? Bro, I, I'm... This is so such an unpopular opinion. I'm going to get hate. Yo, just please just look. Sometimes I trip chat comments. Just you got to hear me through on this one. I don't think LeBron James is a good GM. I don't. I think Whoa. he's just been so talented that. And he's, he's he's came into some fortunate situations and people want to play with Bron. And I think that's all factored in to like a lot of the rosters that he's put together. I think. I, I don't think he's a good GM, man. I, I don't know. Like, I think so, too. I mean, you even saw it in Space Jam, too, right? He was like, <laughs> I got to construct a team. And we're like, damn, bro, you're playing like my GM mode in 2K over here, huh? It's like, let me get a bunch of stars together. And we've seen failed, tra uh, failed rosters by LeBron James in the past. My number one favorite example is the 2017 to 2018 post Kyrie Irving Cleveland Cavaliers. This was a team that on paper looked pretty good. I mean, you had Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Channing Frye, Dwayne Wade, Iman Shumpert, Derrick Rose, and they had a first-round pick also as a result of the Kyrie Irving trade. And in the middle of the season, like, Braun literally hit the reset button. He's like, okay, Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers for Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson. Um, he included Channing Frye and a first-round pick there as well. Then he traded Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder to the uh, to the Utah Jazz and got George Hill and Rodney Hood in return. And like, I think this is my favorite trade also. My absolute favorite is he literally traded Dwayne Wade as a favor to Dwayne. It's like, you don't deserve, you don't need to be here. You don't deserve this. You deserve better than this. Like, get off, bro. You're like, you're my boy. I'll go down with the ship. You don't have to go down with the ship. Get your ass back to Miami and like, enjoy your final couple years. And like, I see that happening with the Lakers this year. I feel like in about a week or two, you're going to see everyone get traded. Hell, Kendrick Nunn is getting himself in trade rumors and he hasn't even played a game for us this year. And like, it's, uh, yo, I feel bad for Nunn low key. Cause I'm pretty sure he, he took like a, like a small deal with you guys just to be with you guys. Like, like he wanted to be a Laker is what I'm trying to say. So I actually feel like a little bad for Kendrick Nunn. But at the same time, I mean, if you can't get healthy, it's just unfortunate all around. Uh, it's I, I have to agree with you. I don't think LeBron James is a good GM. It's like I feel like he sometimes thinks he's like this brilliant basketball mind when he goes to like general managers and says, listen, OK, I'm good at driving. You know, like I'm very difficult to stop in the paint. So, all right, all right hang hang with me here. Hold on for a sec. If we surround myself with shooters that play defense, we should we should do well because when easy. they're collapsed, 
Like it's, it's like, that easy. <laughs> you don't have to be a genius to know how to build around LeBron James. You know, like my 10 year old cousin knows how to build around LeBron James. It's I, I it's just really funny because you got the one player that like everyone fans, like casuals, everyone knew would not work out. And that's Russell Westbrook. And bear in mind, we want Russell Westbrook to succeed. Went to UCLA. He's he has L.A. in his DNA. But it just doesn't make sense. And as a result, did you hear the latest rumor? The inner Rockets fan in me feels some type of way about this. But, you know, Russell Westbrook is a former Rocket. He had a great season with the Houston Rockets. Some people will say that Westbrook with the Rockets was maybe the most efficient or the best version of Westbrook because they gave him spacing. Not saying I agree with that, but he had insane stretches with the Rockets on a statistical basis. Now. That being said, the Rockets, reportedly, the Rockets have shown interest in trading John Wall for Russell Westbrook and draft picks. The flight, Mike, I can see it on your face. How do you feel about this? You don't you don't like John Wall? I, first of all, I love John Wall. You, okay, okay, you love like, John Wall. So you want him. You want I, him. You want him in LA. No, I don't want him. I don't want John Wall. What? Want you just John. said you I like him. I mean, I like him as a player. I just don't think it's worth like, All right. trading Russell Westbrook for him. Like, so you literally. Think, you think Russell Westbrook's better than John Wall right now? For the Lakers, I'd have to say so because there's familiarity at the very least. You get John Wall and you pretty much get Russell Westbrook slightly, very slightly. We're talking about like one to two percentage points better at shooting the three ball. And... You know, I I guess he's uh, I don't even know who's a better playmaker between the two of them. I think John Wall might have some better vision, but giving up a first round pick, which bear in mind, man, as a Laker fan, I don't expect people to know uh, to understand this. But like we literally don't have any more first round picks. This is it. Like this is pretty much saying this is the final trade we can make in the LeBron James era until we could actually get ourselves some like good young players next year. You know what I mean? I wonder where all those picks went. Oh, you don't have to rub it. You don't have to rub it in. It's not like you guys are doing so well, Coop, okay? We're <laughs> game and a half out the play, and I'm not taking this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really, look, I look. I love the play-in for what it is. This is a little off topic, but, man, are we down bad to be like, if we make the play-in, this is a good season, bro. It's the 10 seed, man, you know? Um, the, what's up? Yeah, like. Like, historically, the 10 seed has been a seed where nobody wants to be. You don't want to be in that area. And, you know, we're, we're, we're around that area. That being said, Pelicans get in the play, and we're going on the way, baby. Ain't nobody stopping us. I'm going to keep it real with you, bro. Like, I don't know who put this John Wall rumor out there. Like, it, first of all, it's hysterical that these two might get traded for each other once again. It'd be even funnier that Russell Westbrook's going to the Rockets. But, like... In this instance, the only thing that the Rockets are angling for is just additional draft capital. Russell Westbrook will probably be sitting on the bench in the situation that John Wall is currently in. And I don't think it's that I don't think it's that significant of an upgrade. I will say, though, it would not shock me in the least bit if Russell Westbrook was traded by the trade deadline in the sense that the, there's significant urgency for the Los Angeles Lakers to make the most out of every single year of LeBron James. And especially if Bron comes out and says, yo, it's not working out with Russell Westbrook. We got to trade him. So I think he either gets traded 
or he comes off the bench, which I don't think is the worst thing. I think Russell Westbrook coming off the bench would be remarkable. But that, uh, and it seems like the Lakers are already preparing us for that. You're hearing Frank Vogel saying Russ would do anything to win a championship with this team, which is typically kind of like a sign of, yo, get ready. You know, you're probably going to have to make a little bit of a sacrifice here. Yeah, I, I just I just really hope they don't Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. You know what I mean? You know how they like really like kind of like they, they kind of like it kept Melo out the league for a little bit, man. You know, so after Russell Westbrook's next contract, you know, I guess he's going to be like, what, 34, 35. So maybe his time will just be up in the NBA. But I don't want to see them keep Westbrook uh, from playing basketball. No, I don't think it'll ever come to that. Uh, It just really depends on how malleable Russell Westbrook is with his role. You know, Carmelo Anthony was a different situation. Carmelo was very much an ISO-heavy scorer that didn't play great defense. That's like a dinosaur in the NBA. He kind of reinvented himself once he returned to the NBA. I mean, and to I, be fair, that kind of sounds like Russell Westbrook. But Westbrook offers more playmaking. But yeah, Westbrook doesn't really play defense for you guys. But you're right. It is definitely a completely different situation. I mean, that's the play that resulted in him getting benched. So there's this like one play where Karis LeVert like completely blew by Russell Westbrook on defense. Um And the thing that was very, well, disappointing about that is apparently Frank Vogel emphasized in his, uh, in film study over and over again, yo, Karis LeVert likes to go right. He'll never go left. He just goes right. He favors his right a little bit too much, you know, so watch out for that. And even despite that, Russell Westbrook couldn't guard him and he got beaten with him even knowing the direction Karis LeVert was going to go. Apparently after that, Frank Vogel's like, okay, I had enough and benched Russell Westbrook. And I'm surprised this didn't blow up more. Russell Westbrook kind of threw a little bit of a tantrum on the bench. He almost left the game, but his teammates said, yo, don't pull an Antonio Brown and get your ass back to the uh, to the bench and support your team. And then afterwards, he skipped media, which was a smart move by him, by the way, because he would have probably said some dumb stuff. Yeah, I agree. I remember that game and I remember that play. And I think it's wild that Frank Vogel benched Westbrook, but also, if I recall correctly, didn't put Stanley Johnson in the game. I think Melo had a stretch of that game where he was struggling. So, yeah, interesting moves. And, uh, yo, props to Vogel for having the confidence and props to Lakers management for being like, yo, if this is what has to happen, this has to happen. I don't I don't I think it's more of a desperation thing. Like Frank Vogel got this like really weird roster. And he is now on the hot seat. Like he's consistently in rumors of getting fired in the middle of the season. And I think he would have been fired if Dave Fisdale won more of his games when he went out with COVID. But luckily for him, Dave Fisdale doesn't seem to be much of an upgrade. But, you know, that's enough of the obligatory Lakers talk. I'm tired of being embarrassed on my own podcast. Hopefully they get it together. Um, do you want to talk about a player that... We really haven't talked for, uh, talked about for quite some time, and that's Damian Lillard. For those that you don't know, um, to say that this season for the Portland Trailblazers didn't go according to as planned for the Trailblazers would be an understatement. I think for all NBA fans, we kind of expected this to happen. Maybe a lighter version of it, but I really just 
expected the Portland Trailblazers to be as good, if not a little bit worse than they were last year, because they didn't really make significant improvements to their team over the offseason. If anything, they got worse. But as on top of that, they hired Chauncey Billups, which in my opinion, a lot of people would disagree with me on this. I thought it was a huge downgrade from their previous coach and uh, thought that this would be a better season. In the beginning of the season, Damian Lillard was not performing like Damian Lillard, for lack of a better way of saying it. His stats were down across the board, and for the most part, people were saying that this was as a result of the brand new foul rules, supposedly. He started out very, very rusty, and then eventually he was able to boost his numbers up, but they weren't what they used to be, averaging 24 points per game, 7 assists per game, 40% from uh, from the field, and 32% from three, which... Decent numbers, you know, obviously the field goal percentage isn't pretty at all, but not what we have come to expect from Dame. Oh, as time went on, we found out that Damian Lillard sustained an abdominal injury and his surgeon was even telling him, how are you playing with this? And now he might be shut down for the rest of the season unless the Portland Trailblazers become contenders without him there. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Portland kind of wild in right now. Um, Wallen. Uh, hopefully. How so? I, I mean, man, they're six and one. I mean, I never. I guess you never really want a team to intentionally lose. So they're six and one in their last seven. I mean, they got big wins. They got wins against Brooklyn, Washington, Boston. A convincing win against Toronto. And it's like, what? What? what like, I'm a Pelicans fan, so I'm following the. I'm following this team pretty closely. And then it's like, okay, so you got Dame, you got CJ. Well. Okay, when, when when are we gonna make a move? Especially because a Fernie Simons is averaging twenty five points in the month of January. This guy had a forty three point game versus Atlanta, where he shot thirteen of twenty one and nine of sixteen from the three point line. This guy's been going crazy, and of course, he's another guard, another smaller guard that looks to score the ball. You got Dame, you got CJ. You're winning games. It's time to make a move. I would like to see Portland. Just go get a lottery pick. That's the Pelicans fan in me talking because I want that 10 seed. But also, I want to see them do something different. I want to see them shake it up. I've said this from the very beginning, like the very beginning, that I felt like the Damian Lillard Portland Trailblazers marriage was going to end in not Damian Lillard wanting to leave, but the Portland Trailblazers saying, hey, you know, like if we trade Damian Lillard, we could set ourselves up pretty well for this next like decade. You know, bear in mind, Damian Lillard, he you could claim that his best basketball is behind him. Not by much, but he is 31 years old at this point. This is kind of like the age where you could get probably the best return for him without really selling off on most of his talent. And that is a direction I hope the Portland Trailblazers end up going because like you said, Anthony, uh, Anthony Simons, 22 years old, absolutely balling out without Damian Lillard and probably going to get a nice little contract this uh, this offseason. But it seems like the Damian, uh, in my opinion, I think the Damian Lillard era, as great as it was, should end. I think they should trade him somewhere where he could compete for a championship. And it's one of those situations where it's like, look, we appreciate what you've done for us. but 
at this point, it doesn't make sense for us to keep you. It doesn't make sense for you to stay here because we're not even close to a contender. Let's trade you. Let's start rebuilding around Anthony Simons. Let's trade McCollum, get a nice haul in return for him. Hit the rebuild button and start this rebuild with a ton of assets. What do you think of that? I, I love it. I mean, it sounds so good that it's ridiculous. You want to know what's also crazy about this whole situation, bro? What? So the Portland Trailblazers lose their pick. If they, they lose their first round pick, if they make the playoffs, it's protected one through 14. That pick is gone if they make the playoffs. So why are we playing for the play-in? Especially if Damian Lillard ends up missing time. The Pelicans missed out on Halliburton a few years ago. Ended up with Kyra Lewis. I like Kyra, but he's no Halliburton. We missed out on Halliburton by one pick because we won a bunch of meaningless games. I think a coin flip might have played into that. I'm not sure. I think so. And we we miss out on Halliburton. If we have Halli Halliburton right now, we're in the playoffs. We're chilling. We're looking good, bro. And it's just so crazy how some of these teams go out and win unnecessary games. I know it's still early in the season and I know Portland wants to make noise. So um, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's why they're playing the way they're playing. So I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe they shock everybody, but if I was a Blazers fan, I would be like, let's be bad. This is a good, like this draft is crazy, bro. This draft is let's crazy, be bad. man. It's so good. There's so much talent in the top 10, bro. If you're being bad a year, I think this is one of those years to be bad. I'm just I'm just trying to imagine like you on the Portland Trailblazers on the locker room in the locker rooms like listen guys just hear me out let's be bad let's stop playing well like no I understand what you're saying and you make a very valid point this is probably one of the most loaded draft classes and honestly I'm a huge fan of hyped up draft classes uh, there's so much fun but like you got Chet home you got Chet Holmgren you got Paolo Ben is it Banchero or Bancaro. I'm not Banchero? actually sure. I say Banchero. Yeah, I say, sure. I say Banchero too. You know, like, the, and those are just the, the top two picks who are potential generational talents. And I I do see that. I do agree with that. Um, here's the thing, though. And I just see into the future because I've seen this situation so many times. I said this about James Harden before James Harden got traded by the Rockets, before all of the drama with Russell Westbrook and like that athletic article coming out with how, how the Houston Rockets spoiled James Harden. I said before word gets out there that James Harden's disgruntled, you want to trade him. And get a bunch of assets in return. Because bear in mind, James Harden was the age that Damian Lillard was when he was involved in those trade rumors. And the Rockets waited and waited and waited and then tried to convince him to stay. And then he was wearing fat suits and like a bunch and going to strip clubs during the pandemic. And it was a, it was a pretty lit time to My be boy an was NBA living. YouTuber. Yeah, like I, I'm not going to lie. Was it was a living. fun story to, yeah, it was a fun story to cover, but his trade value dwindled at the end. I don't think the Rockets got that many assets out of it as much as they could have, in my opinion, at least. I think the Rockets actually fumbled that whole situation because I think they had uh, they had Jared Allen, who looks like he may be an all-star this season. He's been that good. Maybe he won't be an all-star, but to me, an, an all-star in my heart. And then there was Karis LeVert, who, you know, has some knee troubles, has some injury problems. But, you know, um, yeah, so... I mean, when we look at the Portland Trailblazers, bro, it, I think this Dame situation reminds me a lot. And for, I got to go back a little. Harden was wilding. Harden was wilding. But 
But uh, I want to I want to go back a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of Kimba Walker in Charlotte, and it reminds me of the Charlotte Hornets situation. When Kimba didn't get the extension he wanted from the Charlotte Hornets, everybody was like, yo, like, what are you doing? Obviously, two different calibers of players. But by letting Kimba Walker go, the Hornets were able to do a soft rebuild and they got LaMelo Ball in the process. You don't have to be bad for a long time. It just takes maybe one, a few years to go out and get somebody who can change your franchise. I agree. You don't have to be aggressive about it either. You don't have to be like the trust the process Sixers with Sam Hinkie as the general manager, um, which they were really aggressive to the point where like they took the best players available, at least who they thought was the best player available, even though it didn't make sense for their team. Like Jalil Okafor back in uh, the 2015 NBA draft, despite having Joel Embiid, even though Embiid didn't play up until that point. You don't have to be like the OKC Thunder. Um, I feel like the OKC Thunder kind of got placed in the situation they're in now because in one season, and I think they did it right, you know, in one offseason, they didn't plan to rebuild. I don't think a lot of people realize this. They got an offer that they just couldn't refuse when the Los Angeles Clippers literally offered to trade. And let me just make sure, because even to this day, this sounds insane, but was it five first round picks or seven uh, seven including the pick swaps let me just let me just fact check myself guys yeah when the thunder had like the opportunity to acquire Shea Gilgis Alexander Danilo Gallinari first round picks from the Clippers in 2022 24 and 26 and first round picks from the Miami Heat in 2021 and 2023 whenever you get that type of haul for any player you're like okay F it, we're going from being a mid to above average team to rebuilding. So they traded Paul George, they traded Russell Westbrook. Next thing you know, they're being memed for the amount of first round picks they have, but it make they kind of didn't have a choice but to rebuild in that uh, to rebuild in that instance because that's an offer that you just can't refuse. So I agree, you don't have to be uber aggressive with your rebuild, kind of like how the Charlotte Hornets were. Which, by the way, it is just so much fun to watch that team play basketball. Like, oh my god, I could watch the Lamelo Ball play basketball all day. Um, and this is probably the draft to do it. I don't think they should. In, I don't think they should. I'm not really pro intentionally tanking. To be honest, I am pro, hey, let's maybe trade McCollum, get some young assets, see what we have. Yeah, that's the mindset I was talking about when I'm saying, like, you got to lose some game. I'm not saying, like, hey, tell your players, hey, we're going to lose. Nah, you got to sell off on some of these people. And I really do wonder what McCollum's value is at this stage of his career. I think maybe they waited a little too long to trade him. We'll see. That's 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 a problem we see in the NBA so much. It's like you should never if you wait too long to trade a player, it could be the difference between what the Thunder got for Paul George and what the Rockets got for James Harden. And I don't think and obviously there's exceptions to the situation. Like you have Ben Simmons whose value is all the way down because he's not really playing right now. You have John Wall who's not playing right now, so he doesn't have tremendous value either. But in this instance, what I would like to see is trade Damian Lillard. I don't think they could trade him while he's injured. Am I right? They can't trade him while he's injured. I'm, I'm not sure about that. So an injured player can't be traded, but I'm hoping this offseason the Portland Trailblazers decide to move on because they're in a situation where they could be relevant for the next decade if they handle this situation properly. Yeah, I agree 100%. With that being said, Mike, it looks like you got a little 
something different going in the background, bro. What's 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 going on, man? Yeah, so uh man, it's it's one hell of a journey, bro. Uh first of all, I want to thank everyone that supported me, you know, especially you, Coop. You know, if I haven't met you, I don't think I'd be like in the 2K forum in 2011. No, not even 2011, in 2009, I would be in a situation like this, but I was able to finally move out of my little bedroom in my parents' place to buying my own condo in West Hollywood. And um, I want to just thank every single one of you guys that supported me, Coop, you know, Tom, Mike, obviously every single person listening. Um, I could use some suggestions as to what goes on that wall. I'm thinking of a signed Shaq jersey and a signed Kobe jersey. That would be um, gas, bro. That's a good problem to have. I, honestly, I need something to put on my wall, too. I don't know. You got Shaq and Kobe, you know, which is incredible. I don't even know what I put back here, honestly. Yeah. Um, here, I'll get you. I can get you your birthdays in June. I can get you a signed Zion Williamson Knicks jersey. <laughs> I was about to, you imagine if I like is, games? The crazy thing is, I was about to be like, "That's a bad gift. I don't want it. I don't want the. I don't want a Zion jersey, <laughs> dude. Uh, you'd have to go through hell to get Zion to sign it. But like, I feel like it'd be so funny. It's like a Zion, like a signed Zion Knicks jersey. Oh and, like, my give gosh, it to- <laughs> bro. I I I'm I just don't like buying jerseys, man. I, I throwbacks are gas. I got a, a Hakeem Olajuwon throwback right there. Throwbacks hit, bro. I tell me why I bought a Zion jersey like a year ago, and that's mm-hmm. after like swearing away never buying jerseys. And look at where we are now with Zion Williamson. I was like, there's yeah. no way he misses. Like, there's no way it's Zion. I gotta buy the jersey. You you know it's funny. I did the same thing with D'Angelo Russell because I was really gassed about the Lakers rebuild. And like, I'm kind of regretting it a couple of years later. I wish there was, you know how American Express has those commercials where like a bunch of Jersey, like fans are crying in their jerseys because their player, favorite player got injured. I wish, have you ever seen that? It's like, uh, no, not player. No, their favorite player got traded, you know? And then they say, oh, with American Express, you get Jersey insurance. You know, if a player gets traded, you can get your money back. I wish they had like bust insurance or like, you know, player got injured insurance or, you know, disappointment insurance. Could I like <laughs> swap this jersey for someone else? Like, I I feel like if you could do it again, you would have probably traded that in for uh, B.I. Um, like B.I. Yeah, yeah I, I B.I. Love B. for I. sure. Or like Herb. Like, yeah, B.I. is cool. Man, I love B.I. I hope if it's not New Orleans, I hope he ends up on a winner because he's cold, bro. I love B.I. He deserves nothing he, but the best. He's cold and has a pretty chill personality, you know, yeah. definitely someone that like, I know it sounds weird because he doesn't put his personality really out there, but like, if there's someone that I want to like grab a drink with, you know, it probably <laughs> would be BI. Mike and BI, you, you, you just got to hit him up, man. Get him on the pod. We, we could pod with BI. <laughs> with that being said, if you made it to the end of the podcast, make fun of Mike Corzemba for not getting on the pod once the Bulls like got their asses like absolutely handed to them by the Orlando Magic. I mean, honestly, this there just seems to be a trend where I, I first of all, I hope my boy feels better, but I there just seems to be a huge trend where every single time the Chicago Bulls have an embarrassing moment, Mike just magically can't pod. <laughs> Uh, jokes aside man um huge thank you guys for the support 
Want to give a huge shout out to all of our members on Laced Up, man. You guys are awesome for supporting us. We're looking forward to doing two pods a week. Next pod is going to come out on Thursday. If you want to catch our podcast a little bit sooner, make sure you go on Apple and Spotify. Since we don't post video on Apple and Spotify, we could get that out to you guys six to seven hours sooner, which should be very convenient for your morning drive to work or your drive back from work. And uh, aside from that, GLC, you got anything to say to the team? I want to say, um, uh, just to add on to what you said, yo, appreciate all the support, guys, on our personal channels, on Laced Up. You guys are the real MVPs, man. Laced Up would not be here if it wasn't for you guys. Um, much more stuff coming soon. We're going to start taking questions and streaming. We're gonna, we have a lot of good stuff coming to the Laced Up podcast. Appreciate all the support, guys. I'm yeah. good like cool. Wait. Oh. I just wanted uh, you just reminded me of something real quick. Do you remember that meme? Where's that? Where's that meme? So like someone put, tweeted us a real. Oh, meme. yeah. That meme was gas. Yeah. Here. I, 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 can we show this at some point in the pod? Like, yeah, we uh, should definitely show that. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like this, like this had me freaking rolling, bro. Like, yeah, they treat like. <laughs> All right, man. We love you guys, man. We love uh, we love how this community's growing. We're uh, I'm Flight Mike. He's get like Coop. We'll catch you in the next one. <laughs> if you're still here while the music is cued, here are two videos I think you are definitely going to enjoy. Make sure to click on one of them. Again, I know you're gonna love it. And other than that, have a great day and peace.